Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. Today we're in Ephesians 2, and before we get started reading, let's go ahead and open with prayer. Father, I thank you for this day. I lift up this this prayer time and this readings, and I just pray for your Holy Spirit, for you to guide us, for you to speak to us, and that it be strictly you that we hear. I just pray, Father, that you'd be the one that guides us. Remove anything from me, and just please, Lord, make this be what you want us to hear, and may our hearts, our minds, and spirits be prepared to receive it. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, in chapter 2, there's a lot to unpack here. It basically talks about how we're sinful and that we have a lot of transgressions and we aren't deserving of anything. We aren't deserving of forgiveness. But through God's grace, we are saved. That we are completely covered and forgiven. But it's by his grace. And then by his grace, we have faith. We then, he then talks about the reconciliation of both Jew and Gentile through Christ. How just like the Jews, the Gentiles are reconciled. And ultimately, at the end of the day, both become dwelling places for God. We become members of his household and through, the, and through Christ, we become dwelling places for God. It's pretty impactful, pretty important. And so I just wanted to go through that with you prior just to kind of help for me is it really just helped me understand where things were at and how they all play out within this, within this, this teaching and really within this book. So let me start with reading at verse one. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of, of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and the following the desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature des- deserving of wrath, but because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ. Even when we are dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So I just want to read real quick a couple of um, comments from Charles Spurgeon and what he says about this section. And so I'll just go ahead and, and get started with it. He says, Right well remember this, for otherwise you may fa- fall into error by fixing your minds so much upon the faith 
which is the channel of salvation, as to forget the grace, which is the fountain or source of faith itself. Faith is the work of God's grace in us. So I know in my past life, not my past life, in my past, my thinking was that I had faith and therefore I was forgiven. That's backwards. Kind of like the thought of I'm a mammal with a spirit. So the only difference between me and a dog is that I have a spirit. That was backwards. I'm a spiritual being created in God's image who has a body in order to live on this earth. So it's the same thing. I receive, God gave grace to me and therefore I can have faith. It's not that I had faith and then got grace. It's that God's grace was provided and that provided the faith in me. Otherwise I'd be able to boast, which I kind of did in my own mind thinking, oh, well, at least, you know, I just had enough faith and therefore I was saved. Spurgeon continues to say, grace is the first and last cause of salvation and faith. Important as it is, I'm sorry. Grace is the first and last cause of salvation, and faith, important as it is, is only an important part of the machinery which grace employs. And that's true. Until we have grace, until we we receive grace, we don't have any faith in God. So, moving on. Let's go to verse 11. Therefore, remember that formerly... You who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus... You who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one, and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away, and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have have access to the Father by one Spirit. So Christ is the conduit, and he's combining both Jew and Gentile. If you believe in Jesus and you have faith in you, accept him. It's... Everything that the Jew had is the same. The Jew who accepts Christ is the same. He's a brother, and Christ and God are building that unity through Jesus. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, too, are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. So we go from sinful individuals who don't have really any right to be where 
with God or where we're at to now we're, we're part of his, you know, his, his family, his household, and he dwells, dwells within us. It's a remarkable transition and one that I'm very grateful for. Lastly, I'm just going to close with a quick reading of Tozer who writes about Ephesians 2.8, which is the, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. He says, there is a mistaken notion abroad that in the Old Testament salvation came by obedience to the law, while in the New Testament it comes by faith. The truth is that since the beginning of the world, no one was ever saved in any way other than by grace through faith. For the law was given through Moses, Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ, John 1.17. But grace and truth came by Jesus Christ long before the incarnation, when God slew those beasts, presumably lambs, and gave the skins to Adam and Eve for clothing. He was telling them in symbolic language that the redemption of the race would be by the merit of innocent life laid down, not by law, but by atonement would they and their descendants be ransomed from the fall. This idea never was never wholly lost to mankind. When the law was given, it was accompanied by a system of sin offerings and atoning sacrifices, leading straight to the Savior who was to come. When John pointed to Jesus and exclaimed, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, John 1, 29, he was identifying Christ with all the sacrificial lambs that had been offered for sin from the time of Abel to the appearance of Emmanuel. So, grace is our source of faith. It's been part of the plan from the beginning, the reconciliation of the Jew and the Gentile. And through Christ, we become a dwelling place for God. We become a dwelling place for his, his spirit. It's a remarkable transition that we go through when we accept the grace of God. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for these words that you've given us. I just lift up this time. I pray again that my element would be removed and it'd be strictly yours that we hear. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Touch our hearts and our minds, I pray. And I pray that today we would have a good day, a day in which we, we do your will and bring you honor and glory. I lift up our friends, our families, I just pray for you to watch over them and keep them safe. And for our nation that is going through so much, I just pray that you would guide our leaders. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. I hope you have a great day.